Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us today again on 3P Champions. I'm Rob Stoller. And I'm Greg Stern. All right. Greg's in Seattle. I'm in Philadelphia. And I don't know where you all are, but we're glad you're here today. We have another extraordinary individual to present today. We think all our 3P champions are extraordinary, but they're also unique. Jackie McCormick is a Nez Perce Indian. Greg's going to give you more of her background, but she's a young lady who I don't think ever sought the spotlight. She's had an amazing career as an athlete, and she also had some incidents in her past, which really informed her life and things that happened on the reservation that Greg will give you a little more information about. But my feelings about Jackie are that she's an extraordinarily intelligent, driven, quiet individual. She's not looking for glory, but glory has found her. And I think she's going to be an important individual on the national landscape in the future, not too distant future. But we're here to talk about why she does what she does, what's important to her, and her thoughts about the three P's, passion, purpose, and principle. So Greg, why don't you tell us a little more about Jackie McCormick? Yeah, thanks, Rob. But Jackie McCormick, she's a, she's a wonderful person. She's got a great story. You know, her first passion, which I'm sure is still one of her passions, was playing basketball. And she had a big influence from family and people on the reservation where basketball was one of the main things they did up there. She became a really good player. In fact, she was the state player of the year two years in a row, her freshman, sophomore year at Lapway High School. So she really excelled. She became kind of a local hero to everybody because basketball was so looked upon. But uh, something happened between her sophomore and junior year uh, with her friends on the reservation. And they're actually making a movie about her story. And a lot of it has to do with this. There was a murder and some of her friends were involved. Nobody would come and tell you exactly what happened, but she heard the truth, did the right thing. And because of that was kind of uh, put out a bit by friends and people on the reservation. So at that time, she moved over to Lake Oswego, where she uh, continued her basketball career. Although it was a different place, high academic standards, no one looked like her. She struggled a lot. She somehow persevered, and that's one of her big words, she perseveres. And she became a star at the high school, Lake Oswego. Uh, being a star there, she was recruited from a coach at Portland State that moved on to Illinois State, where, again, Jackie moved to. Similar struggles, missed home. I uh, didn't feel like she could make it through academic standards, but she fought and fought and fought, made it through and became a star. Her senior year, she had a last-second shot to put uh, Illinois State into the NCAA tournament, which hadn't happened maybe ever before or maybe in a long time. But that whole process, she learned so many lessons. And before she kind of finished her career, she had a vision coming back one day and helping her people and helping youth. And that's when she just discovered her heart in helping create a foundation called Rise Above. But ultimately, her passion was basketball. And going through all these trials, she learned that you can make it if you persevere, if you have people in your corner. And she took that beyond sports when she finished. And now she's doing some amazing things. And her whole passion now is inspiring and empowering youth through sports and activities. And there's a big support system behind her. 
Uh, they're actually making a feature film about her story. She's done tons of activities and camps and clinics where they bring in celebrities like Lenny Wilkins and Gary Payton. And they have these clinics where they have kids all day and they take time to impact them by, you know, motivating them, talking about suicide prevention and drugs and alcohol and inspiring them. And one of my favorite things is that she has this tagline, be a pro at being you. And I think that she became a pro at being her and now she's kind of taking that message along. So interesting story, wonderful woman. She's a great leader. She's making huge ripples and she's got a lot of support, a lot of momentum. I think what impressed me so much about her, like so many of these other 3P champions, is her modesty. I think the last thing in the world she wants to do is talk about herself. She's quiet. She's subtle. But in her quiet, subtle way, she's shouting about important things and she's having an impact. This modest individual who, even that incident on the reservation, I don't think she wanted to be the whistleblower, but nobody else stood up. And that's just the kind of individual she is. She believes in doing the right thing. And uh, and now she's being recognized for it on a national scale. She's going to be more famous than I think she ever sought to be. But such is her life. And uh, we're proud to present her on 3P Champions. So with no further ado... Here's Jackie McCormick. With regard to the three P's, passion, purpose, and principle, how do you relate to those words? When I think about, you know, passion, purpose, and principle, I, I think that they all connect with each other, right? When you're on a path for, you know, for us, if for Rise Above, when you're on a path and you have a bigger mission, you fulfill all those things naturally. It's not something that you have to force, you know? Mm. Um, and I think when people have the mindfulness and have a giver's heart and you want to impact others and it's true to who you are, you're authentic and all of those things will align, in, in my opinion, because I, I think you can't have a mission and not be um, purposeful. And I, I, you can't have a good mission to impact others and, you know, not have your good principles in place to be able to impact others. So, you know, I just, I just think when you're, when you're doing good, it's, it's hard to move away from, you know, those three things. I, th I think that they, they'll all, there's a lot of synergy between them, I guess. I agree. When, when did you identify your purpose? You know, I've been kind of like really fine tuning this vision I, I've had. So, you know, I've talked to a lot of folks and you know, when we're working on this film project or we're working on, you know, building these Rise Above centers, one of the things, you know, when I'm talking, reflecting back on what it is and how I've started. So one of the reasons Rise Above was started is really because I didn't have somebody in my life that was doing what I wanted to do, you know, playing collegiate basketball at the highest level, going to college, leaving the reservation, just being a good example, both on and off the court, right? I, did, I just didn't have that role model. So when I actually went to Illinois State, I told myself that I was going to find a way to give back. And I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know what that meant, but I'm going to find a way to give back and be an inspiration or be a role model to others, you know, to help other Native youth rise above. So that's really where it started is, you know, not really having that person in my life and um, really 
when I reflect back how important that would have been to, to have somebody um, that I could look up to and follow and, you know, kind of emulate and, and have as kind of a sounding board for what I wanted to do. Well, your mom played high level basketball, correct? So she must have provided you some inspiration and motivation. Well, my, so I was raised by my grandparents and my biological mom went on, she was actually recruited to play. She was actually the first um, Idaho State High School Player of the Year. Um, and she re got recruited by Washington State, I believe. Um, and then she went on to play basketball at Haskell Indian Nations, which is a um, Indian university in Lawrence, Kansas. But again, I was raised by my grandparents and mm. she, she went, I don't, I don't know, I think she bounced around. She was there and then she came back. My older sister also got recruited. So, you know, we have, we have people in, e even in my family, but there just wasn't that like, there, there just wasn't that person that I could just like grab onto and, and roll with really. Yeah. These are somewhat common themes among these 3P champions we've spoken with is a lot of them have broken a mold. A lot of them have broken a pattern. A lot of them have gotten away from difficult beginnings to rise above, to use your phrase, which I think is fabulous. And, you know, the movie coming out and every, uh, I'm, I'm really, really happy for you and, and for your cause that you're getting this recognition. Apparently, you are the right woman at the right time with the right skills and motivation. So how does it make you feel to visualize your purpose being embraced? Um, you know, sometimes it is, it's, it's, it's awesome to see and it's, you know, we actually talk to Lenny Wilkins kind of frequently and for him, for a Lenny Wilkins and a Gary Payton to be saying, you know, Jackie's story needs to be told and you know Jackie in Rise Above and it's kind of like it's a surreal moment when you have these people and such you know have accomplished so much and talking about Rise Above and my story and and specifically Lenny Wilkins Coach Wilkins he's you know he's just an amazing human and I say that all the time because I've never met really somebody more genuine on authentic and caring than Coach Wilkins like truly a, truly a great human but when I, I hear him say to other folks about the importance of Rise Above and the importance of my story to be told, it's a surreal moment, but it's, it is also very humbling because, you know, when we talk about Rise Above the film, it's, it's really, it's my story, but it's, it's all of Indian country's story, right? We all have these relatable things where we've had to overcome, we've been placed with tough decisions. And, and really it's just about getting somebody who is like them, who is like me in mainstream media. We just really don't have that place in mainstream media often. And being able to get this story out and hopefully impact others um, is, is an awesome feeling. But I will have to say, <laughs> I'm kind of a private person. So when this whole thing came about and, you know, Dennis approached about doing this story about my life, um, it took me a long time to like really embrace that and say okay yes this is for a greater cause because i'm i am very private and i don't share a lot and i keep my circle small and tight and for people that i trust so 
Um, it, it's definitely been an experience and a journey for me, for sure. But I'm excited if, you know, I, in, when I talk to Dennis and I talk to Brad, it's really, if this story can impact one kid or one family, you know, it's totally worth putting myself out there because um, I just know that the struggles that I've had to overcome and if somebody can relate to that and use that as a motivation or a motivating factor, then that's a win. Can, can you talk to me a little bit about those struggles? Absolutely. So, you know, growing up on the reservation, it, it, you know, like every community has its, you know, you have pros and cons wherever you grow up, right? So the pro and the con of living on the reservation, well, first I was raised by my grandparents, but, you know, it's such a small, tight-knit community. So whether it's good or bad, like everybody is around and you have that family support, you have community support when you're playing games, but also when something happens. So when, when I'm talking about, you know, when we're talking about this film, you know, there's a tragedy that happened. I was actually making really bad decisions, poor decisions with friends, drinking, smoking. And then this kind of this life altering thing happened. And, you know, I chose to come forward and stand alone really. And, despite being popular on my reservation as a, you know, as an athlete and being the two-time Idaho player of the year where I was on track to be the first ever four-time Idaho player of the year, I made a decision to leave because it was in the best interest of my future. Um, so the struggle of leaving my family behind and leaving all of my friends and community and everything that I knew was very challenging. You take that, that's, that's the one challenge, right? And you move into an affluent community like a Lake Oswego, where there is just only a handful of kids of color and nobody looks like me nobody's grew up like me nobody has my experience there's nobody I can relate to and that was just a struggle it was a struggle you know socially it was a struggle education wise um, I, I mean I struggled in every area and where I found peace was really basketball so I would say that leaving the reservation and going through that experience but also pushing through it like Oswego was probably the biggest challenge of my young life like it was very hard as before we you know we didn't have cell phones so my mom was calling on the landline and I was talking to her and it was just a real struggle to fit in education you know that was very hard that was a very hard adjustment going from Clapway where I just you know kind of did whatever I could just to get by to Lake Oswego where the demands are just a lot higher and um it was it was a quite a struggle for me Hey, Jack, I got a couple questions for you. Obviously, we played each other, and my centerpiece with my life and development has always been centered around basketball. And I think a lot of guys we talked to, Coach Dale Brown, he's got the same way. And obviously, you grew up in an environment where, like you said, you had struggles and probably didn't have a lot of direction, a huge change. You don't know who you are. Um, so your centerpiece for that time that was always considered was you're playing ball, right? And you're meeting all these people. But... For me, I've learned all these skills in doing that, these challenges, but I always had that sanctuary to go in and think and believe and grow. At some point, I learned those qualities of leadership and stuff, and then it branched off when the, when the need was there. But your purpose, I think, was always with you, and maybe you're a chosen one, maybe you're not. But when did you realize that you're comfortable in your own shoes, you know who you are, 
you knew you could be a pro at being you is what your, your tagline is, right? When did you figure out who you are and how much did basketball play on that and how much did you transfer from basketball to what you're doing now? Oh, man, that's a tough question. I guess go, growing up, I always like I always knew basketball was like my, you know, that was that was who I was at the at the core that made me happy that brought me peace. Anything that I needed basketball brought to me. Right. But as far as, you know, really embracing who I am, um, you know, I, I think that kind of shaped even, I would say after college, like going through all of those experience, you know, when I was in college, you know, I redshirted my sophomore year and that was, that was very hard for me because I'd never had basketball taken away for such a long period of time. So I really had to dive into like, okay, if basketball is taken from me again, like, what do I do? Like, who am I without basketball? And I, I think when I look back and really look at my experiences and look at where my passion is, my passion has always been helping kids. And, and I think when I did a talk uh, like a couple months ago, it's really when I stepped foot at Illinois State, like I knew in my heart and in my head that I had to get back. And I think that's who I am at the core is really trying to inspire and impact others. And I, and I think it came when I stepped foot, I didn't really know the impact that I could have, or I didn't know the resources or how things would align or how I'm gonna do it. Or, you know, I didn't even know, Rise Above obviously didn't exist. But what I said last time is really the concept of Rise Above has always been there since I stepped foot on campus. But I think, you know, even now, you know, you struggle, we struggle, our, I would say we all struggle with really being true to who we are and, you know, sticking to that despite you know influence outside influences familiar family influences friends influences you know and that's a hard thing to do and i think it's important when we look when i look back and i'm talking to kids or we do in our we're doing our camps and clinics is really that's at the core of what we have to do is we got to be a pro like we got to find and it goes back to the three p's i would say you know finding your passion and finding your purpose you got to be passionate about what you want and you can only do that if you're true to who you are. So in a long roundabout story, a long roundabout way, I would say my freshman year in college, really. And, and it's just kind of grown from there as really who I am and what I want to do. Um, you know, being in Illinois where there's absolutely no tribes <laughs> going to college and you know, trying to find events where there's you know native gatherings or a powwow or you know something and that was also very hard. So I would say my freshman year in college and then just growing from that experience. Yeah, thank you. You know, I, I love that tagline so much because uh, I think most of us, especially, I mean, it sounds like you didn't have any really your grandparents made, but great mentors were giving you what you needed to, to grow. And I, I feel like if you don't have mentors, it's tough, but. The biggest struggle, wherever, whatever landscape and domain you live in, is like, who am I and how can I stick with my guns? And when it's temptation or whatever, how do I stay with who I am? And being a pro at being you, I think that's a great tagline because that's that's what it's about, right? Once you know who you are and your purpose, then you can, I think it's a reflective world too. And, and basically, all the people I see around you supporting you, whatever you're giving out, they want to help you. So that means something that people believe in you and they think you're authentic and they want to help you. And I just think that obviously you figured out to be you and now you have this great purpose. And I mean, I admire the heck out of it. So I know you're doing great things. I know you're going to do great things. So 
as a fan, as a basketball player, but just as a human being, it's like, I think that's awesome. I mean, I'm glad that you're being a pro at being you. <laughs> well, thank you. I really appreciate yeah. that. You know, you've risen above kind of on your own, but tell me a little bit about your grandparents and, and how you were raised. Oh man, so my grandparents are amazing. So my, my dad actually, they both played, played sports. My mom actually played slow pitch softball till she was like 55. Wow. And there's a lot of Native American um, tournament circuits, if you will. So there's a softball circuit, there's a basketball circuit. So I was fortunate where my parents, you know, my mom was retired when I started my freshman year, but <clears throat> we were able to travel. Like I was able to travel all over with my parents, you know, going to these native softball tournaments and basketball tournaments. And so I just fell in love. I fell in love with playing. I fell in love with being competitive. I, you know, I fell in love with winning, but we were able to travel basically all over, you know, I would say to Midwest on the West side. Um, you know, my dad, you know, the, as grandparents, they, they actually lost a son. Um, their youngest son died when he was, a he just graduated high school. So they, they've been through their own struggles. And I was raised, um, as a Catholic, um, uh, like I would say, I always say this hardcore Catholic. So I, you know, I was in Sunday school, we were praying the rosary. Um, that's how my mom raised me and she found peace in her faith. And I think that is a big thing that's carried over for me is my faith has really guided me um, through my tough times. And, you know, I, I just really admire what my grandparents did and the sacrifices that they made. Like they didn't have to start over, right? All their kids are grown and you're really starting over and you lose so much freedom again, you know, taking on another kid. And I, you know, I just really admire the sacrifices that they made, but, you know, it's, it's funny because you look at your, I, I, I look at my parents, I call them my parents, but <clears throat> so much, so much that they taught me um, is reflective in the work that I do. You know, my mom's just a giver. My dad's a giver. Um, my dad would give you the shirt off his back, you, you know, if you needed it. And I think some of those, some of those things and some of those teachings and he, not like he said, you have to do that, but I just watched him. It was an example. I, my mom and my, my dad are, people of very few words like there's not a lot of conversation that we've had but I learned from them through what they did and I watched what they did so it was a lot of experience so I grew up in a in a great home loving home and um weren't you know I would say you know lower class but I had everything that I needed and um, when I started my grad school, it was funny. I, I started my master's in public health and social work. We were talking about really how we grew up and what class we were in, you know, mm. and you go through all these checklists and you're trying to like identify based on things that you have. And I was going through this list and I was like, well, I don't feel like I'm lower class based on your list. Like I had everything I needed. I had mm. home cooked meals. I had homemade birthday cakes I had you know like I was going through all of these things and I was like I feel like I'm upper class like based on your list um but it's just funny because like you know financially it was lower class but I just felt like you know I was very fortunate to be raised by my grandparents with you know the environment that they raised me in so well it sounds like it's it's uh that's a that's a matter of values it seems like that, that that's where you got your values from and 
and then you figured out your own purpose. But it sounds like they provided you with what a young person needs to proceed with love and support and an example of how life should be lived. And I'm sure I can't even imagine how proud they are of you right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my dad was, um, he was, he was hard on me growing up. I mean, I had to go into the garage and dribble for 30 minutes. I had to work out even as a young kid. And, you know, we did the hoop shoot. So we were practicing free throws. And um, so he was very strict, but, uh, you know, like you said, the values, um, you know, definitely have carried on. So a, a recurring theme, at least with, with, with me, a question that I'm constantly uh, asking is, is everything that we've gone through does everything happen for a reason? Is everything that happened to get us here the things that were supposed to happen to get us where we are? I am a true believer in everything happens for a reason. I, I you know, I, it, and I think as I continue down this rise above journey, I think it's more and more, um, more and more apparent that it just strengthens my belief in that. Because I have like, why am I sitting in a room with like Coach Lenny Wilkins? Why am I here with you guys, right? Like these connections that we're making through Rise Above, it's it's crazy. Um, you know, some of the people that we've aligned ourselves with, with the work that we're doing is, it's it's really unreal. Like how there's so much synergy and how we, we come across people. You know, I'll give you another example of that is we're going to LA and we're meeting Duff McKagan, right? Because he was interested in doing some music for the film. And and we were just kind of just doing a soft pitch of what the film was. And and what's crazy is um, I, I, in college, we did our announcements and I ran out to Welcome to the Jungle. And Welcome to the Jungle was written by Duff McKagan, right? Mm. Um, so there's all these weird like coincidences that happen, but I, I'm 100% like, everything even even when it's something we don't feel that we deserve or we don't feel that we necessarily need or want there's always a bigger purpose behind that and it's for a reason is teaching you something else so i am 100 percent believer in we're here for a reason for sure in a way if not you who and if not now when all these forces put you in the position you're in and I think it's fantastic. And I think Rise Above is not only a metaphor for Native Americans who clearly there are a lot of factors that need to be risen above, but for everybody, anybody who feels that they've either been overlooked or neglected or are kind of behind the eight ball in terms of what they need to succeed, I think you're helping everybody. And I know you're particularly uh, driven to help the Native American population, which is deserving and warranted and, and needs it. But anybody, any underdog out there is gonna find inspiration by you and your story. And you know, another quality you share with so many of the people we've spoken with is modesty. I know speaking about how great you are is not something you enjoy spending your time doing, but that's where you are. And we're not necessarily speaking about how great you are, even though we think you're great, but you're doing something larger than yourself. And that's a purpose. 
That's the definitive purpose. So where, where do you see, I don't even know how you go up from where you are now. You, Nike's on your side and you're having a feature film made. What, what are your aspirations beyond all this? If you've even had time to think about it. Um, you know, there's a lot of things for Rise Above um, that I, I truly have um, more, I, I feel like more in the tank for Rise Above. And, you know, one of the things that we're doing right now is we're working on these Rise Above centers. So these Rise Above centers, we're working with the Kalispell tribe to build the first Rise Above center. And within that Rise Above center is going to have, you know, multi, multi-court facility, but it's also going to give us an opportunity to have impact with a certain group of kids over time. So we can, you know, really, really track them and really be in their lives and, and support them and create more opportunities for them as they're pursuing, you know, whatever it is, if it's college, if it's a basketball scholarship, whatever that looks like, you know, being able to support them. And then we want to expand. We really want to expand and create, um, build some of these rise above centers. We've identified, you know, certain communities that have large native populations or native influence and, hopefully have rise above centers, you know, six, seven rise above centers across the US and being able to have rise above become a national program where, you know, like you said, we all wanna be something greater than ourselves, right? We all wanna be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And for me, that's my hope for native kids is that they can say, I, I was a part of rise above. I, I'm, I'm a part of that and be proud of that. And also just create more opportunities. Even kids, you know, where we, you know, we supported a kid going to Spokane Community College where he was on scholarship, but, you know, he just struggled to get his books or find meals or groceries and, you know, being able to do those supporting um, on on the fly, really. Um, I, I just, I, you know, I just want to hopefully just impact a lot of kids and inspire them to, you know, dream big dreams. Um, that's that's really the goal, and these rise above centers, I think, are going to give us a lot of a lot of momentum to be able to do that and and have a greater impact when we're embedded in communities and we have people on the ground in these different centers. Well, two two things come to mind. One is another huge word that we we use a lot and don't see enough of, but in cases like these, it's everything, and that's empathy. I think the people who are doing the most for others are the most empathetic people. And you're certainly in that category. I, I had a question sort of on topic. Um, I did I did a lot of work with um, uh, the late great Pete Catches of the Lakota Nation. Um, and I'm curious, just among all the Native American nations, what's the relationship between the different tribes? Is Is it on, on the largest scale, are we all one native nation or is there kind of propriety among the different tribes? Um, when we say like when we're when we're advocating outside of our tribes, and I would say that, you know, when we reference something, we say Indian country. So when we say Indian country, that's encompassing all of the tribes, all natives. Right. You know, but there there is some, you know, there there I want kind of animosity, I would say, you know, because of the, because of our history of the wars that, you know, our tribes have been through, some of the struggles that people hang on to. Um, and that's something that we talk about is, 
you know, we have, sometimes we have families who this, this, this anger or the struggle has been passed down from generation to generation. And by, by the time it gets to, you know, so-and-so in, you know, seventh grade, they don't even know why they're angry at this other tribe or this other family or whatever. Like, so there, there is internal struggles for sure between tribes. I, you know, I think the internal struggles though, I, I think can be overcome when we're looking at large scale. And when we say, when, when tribes talk, when they meet, we, you know, we reference Indian country and that encompasses all tribes across the U S. So um, that's a, that's a common term that we use is, you know, Indian country. Yeah. I like that. You're sort of in the middle of the perfect storm of politics, culture, youth, education. You had said you see a lot more for Rise Above to do. Like what, Jackie? You know, I think when we talk about these Rise Above centers, I think that's a big thing, right? But also looking at this film and how this film is going to we hope be so successful that we can go into communities and and talk and inspire and you know create more opportunities even with the filming and there's just you know these rise above what we're going to say is like a rise above academy um really getting into these communities and and creating more more leaders you know we want to try and create rise above ambassadors youth ambassadors um and it's really looking at the youth and, and creating more opportunities. That's really my goal is just to set kids up with as many opportunities as they can. And it's, you know, their job ultimately to take advantage of those opportunities. But a lot of kids have a lot of talent on the reservation. And it's, a I, in my opinion, it's just lack of opportunity at times. They, they don't know what to do. So we even talked about doing you know, uh, a tournament for, for Rise Above. And it's, it's a basketball tournament, but it's really focused on, you know, going to college. How do I apply to college? What is a FAFSA? Um, who can I get to support this? And, and really, you know, you play basketball either during the day or at night and you go to school and you stay on the dorms and partnering with the college. So kids get that experience because, you know, when I talk about living on the reservation and being a close-knit community, it's very hard to leave that. So it's great when you're there, but when you leave, that's what you miss. And Mm. you just crave that community and that close knit feel. So a lot of kids, when they leave the reservation, it's hard for them to stay. And a lot of kids go back because they, they miss that. So the more we can get kids out and exposed to the world and give them new experiences, um, I think is going to create some long lasting impacts for Indian country and our kids. You know, I've done a lot of work with people with disabilities, serious disabilities, and by and large, they tell me how good life is. And a lot of the stuff I do, the stories I tell, have two purposes. One is to inspire other people with disabilities that you can rise above, as proven by this guy and this girl and these people. But the other half of the equation is to impact the quote unquote, uh, typically developed people without the disabilities to understand that people with disabilities just want to be treated normally and respected as anybody else would. And it seems like you're kind of in that situation where you certainly want to inspire Native American youth to be more than they grew up believing they could be. But there's also the whole other segment of the population 
to treat Native Americans and regard Native American kids with the same respect as everybody else and the same opportunities. Is that kind of accurate that you're trying to inspire your kids and also educate everybody else? I, I think so. I mean, we we found this and, you know, it goes back to everything happens for a reason, but uh, we found this quote from college there, you know, when you do, when you're playing in college, they always do these like brochures, they feature players. And one of my brochures, and I don't remember what year it was, but one of my quotes in there was really about films. And it said, the only thing that people know about Native Americans is what they see in movies. Mm. And it was just crazy to think, like, just to correlate what's going on right now to something I said when I was 19 years old. Wow. Um, but I think that is true. You know, um, if, if this film can also educate and Rise Above can educate um, others, I, I think, you know, that's that's also a huge win because people believe what they see on TV or on the news or whatever. And I think Rise Above um, does have the ability to, you know, provide that education component to people outside of our community. Hey, Jackie, we've just been talking and we've had some different people that you may know or don't know, you know, one coach Dale Brown, a guy named Tim Manson, and we've worked with some different people, but he's a part of the show as well, Tim Manson. And we just have another relationship through Tim. And what was, and they had a great uh, tribal saying, what is one the Zulu tribe? Sawubona. Tell, tell Jackie what's that mean? That's exactly what we're talking about. Sawubona was a, and I just learned it yesterday, was a, it's a Zulu phrase of greeting. When they see each other, the first guy will say Sawubona, which means we see you. And it's I see you, but the I encompasses everybody that came before, the whole culture. We see you. And then the response is similar in that we see you too. But to me, Greg, and we didn't even really talk about it, what that really meant to me is it, it kind of translated to appreciating the small Small interactions, the small things are so meaningful, the, the intimate moments. So I think it's just a mindfulness that when you say like, hey, how you doing? There's kind of more to it. You know, do you really want to know how you're doing? Do you really care? And that's kind of what that was about. But I think yeah. uh, it's a reminder that, that this is important. What we're doing is important. Everybody you encounter the encounter is important. And I think it's just a reminder to not treat it so with such a cavalier attitude, but really take a moment to listen and, and understand what the other person's dealing with or living with. And yeah, Sawabona is quite a concept. It seems like there's just always a struggle. I mean, how hard is it to meet somebody, ask some good questions, learn who they are and love them for who they are and see them for who they are. But that should just be the basic standard approach to anybody. But the reality is we don't do that because we're already judging and taking a maybe history's not even true. And we're going, I already see that before I see you. And they're saying, hey, just see me and where I come from and who I am as I am. I mean, I think that's as fundamental as it gets at how it should be. I mean, we all get different stories. But that's what I thought about when I heard that. I was like, wow. And so when you're saying about seeing yourself, it's like, I just want to be seen for who I am. I don't want to fake it, but I want to be appreciated. But if, I, if I'm not treated well because of who I really am, it's like, What's the point of being who I am? I mean, life's tough. So anyways, I just think people should be seen who they are, you know, good or bad. No, I love that. I mean, I love, I love the greeting. You know, I, I say that all the time when people say, you know, when you um, were saying, how are you doing? Do you really want to know? Um, 
that's I, I I think about that often because it's just such a just it's just a normal thing to say right that's what you say how you doing well do you really care like I that's something that I always think about like do you really care and and oftentimes you know we don't listen to just listen we listen to respond and and I find that often that people don't people ask you questions or people want to engage in conversation and they're only listening so they can respond they don't really hear you um but I I love that greeting I you know it's just acknowledging and um I I just I love that I'll have to look it up well a friend of mine played ball in Europe uh Denmark I think and uh and he told me when he came back that when people toast each other in Europe, even if you're in a large group, everybody has to look everybody else in the eye. Yeah. You toast. You don't just say cheers and go. You look everybody else in the eye. And, and all of these things just kind of indicate or lead to a little bit of a deeper human connection, which I think is really what we're all talking about. And certainly, Jackie, I think what you're doing is remarkable. I, I appreciate the fact that you don't say, I did this and I did that and I'm gonna do this, but you're the woman in the bus driver's seat here and you happen to be a woman of history at this moment. And I think part of it is because you're modest. It's for all of these reasons and your values and people recognize that. And another thing we've spoken of constantly or consistently is, and and I know, this is an issue for everybody, and I imagine you too, in, in asking for help. And tell me about whether that's been easy for you, difficult for you, and what your thoughts are on asking for help. I, well, first, like culturally, I, I think it's very hard. Like we were just, I, we grew up and you just, you just figured it out. Like you didn't, you, you had to figure out your own your own stuff, right? Whether it's a problem or <laughs> whether it's questions, I figured it out. Um, so when I moved to Lake Oswego, that was probably the biggest challenge is, is really asking for help because I was so overwhelmed. I was so overwhelmed in the classroom. I was so overwhelmed, you know, just being present at the school and asking for help was my saving grace, really. Um, I had to, you know, one of the teachers at Lake Oswego really embraced me and really helped me and guided me through. And she was uh, my English teacher. But had I not asked for help, I don't, I don't know that I would have been eligible. I don't know that I would have made it because I just really had to be vulnerable. I had to tell her that I'm struggling and my last school was not like this. And I'm really having a hard time. And can you help me? And you know, it, that was probably the hardest thing I had to do, but I would say that it was definitely my saving grace that if I didn't do that, I don't know what would have happened. Um, but, but it is hard. And, and culturally, I think, you know, we're all taught that, you know, you kind of figure it out. You don't, you don't really go and ask for help. So it was a hard thing to overcome for sure. Mm. And is that, is that something that you uh, relate to young people when you speak with them and and, and help them understand that it's okay and it's actually a good thing? A hundred percent. We actually talk about this um, on, on all levels, you know, whether it's like, you know, you're struggling because, you know, one of the things in one of the communities in South, I don't remember, one of the Lakota tribes, right? They have the highest rate of suicide for young men um, and that's their struggle. And when we go and talk, we did a, 
um, a clinic with the Coeur d'Alene tribe in Idaho and their clinic was on suicide prevention, awareness and education. So the big theme of that camp was really reaching out who is there to help, where are my resources and it's okay. Like we all need help. We all need support. We all go through struggles and it's okay to reach out and it's okay to ask for help. And that is definitely a recurring theme in all of our clinics is when you are struggling it, you have to reach out and there are people here. And so when we do our clinics, we don't try and be all things to all people, right? We try and incorporate, you know, the behavioral health teams or whoever is working with the youth in that community to really edify who they are, what they do. So kids are comfortable seeing them outside of their work environment and that they really care. Like, you know, cause you, I mean, you two both probably know that people get in the kid business and don't really like kids. Mm-hmm. And so making sure that, you know, we have the right people in our clinics to say, these are the people, these, these are your heroes in the local community. Like these are your heroes. This Mm. is who you're going to go to. This is who you go to when you're struggling. So, um, absolutely 100%. If I could have, if I could go back, I would definitely have asked for help a lot sooner and a lot more often. (laughs) But then you may not have had the same journey and you may not be here now and you may not be doing all the good work you're doing. That's true. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah, I think so. Right, too. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to say, Jackie? I, I can't thank you enough for your time this morning. No, just, you know, really thanking the two of you, you know, Greg, you know, connecting with Brad and being, you know, having that great relationship. And I think, you know, like I said, everything happens for a reason. And, you know, I've, I've watched um, your videos and I'm just really, really humbled that you asked me to be a part of this. So thank you. As, as, the, as, as a basketball team, right? If you have a great team, everybody plays a role. You know, I like being part of people like you because that's your great teammate, even though you're leading the team. So I admire that. So I always want to give extra. I just want to let you know that I'm right here. I'll, I'll be part of it sometime. I'll get Rob out here too. You don't have to get me out there. I want to be out there. I'm across country right now, but if there's anything I can do, I'm interested in everything you're doing. There's no question great things are going to happen. And and I'm at your service. Thank you both so much. And um, I will definitely stay in contact with the both of you. Really appreciate it. And, you know, like I said, um, you know, I just like like mission, like like minded people. And I think um, makes the work a lot easier. So I appreciate both of you. Thanks so much, Jackie. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you found Jackie McCormick as compelling interesting and extraordinary as we do and apparently a lot of other people do too i couldn't be more proud to have her on our program and to consider myself a friend of hers join us again in our next broadcast when we present another amazing unique three-peat champion greg you want to close it out you know i'm really inspired by jackie you can see how humble she is she's well-spoken uh, Rise Above is a great institution, a nonprofit. You know, their goal is to build large health and wellness sports facilities on reservations across the country. The first one's going to be in Kalispell, this Kalispell uh, tribe in Spokane. And so I can't wait to see how that all comes together. But uh, thank her a lot for her inspiration and uh, Rise Above. And again, you guys can all be a pro at being you. Thanks, Jackie.
Yeah, and I want to thank you, Greg, again. You introduced me to Jackie. You brought her to the table. I know she's invited you to rise above events in your own quiet way. You're a pretty central figure to so many things. So I appreciate you. Thank you, Rob. You know, I appreciate you as well. All right, brother. Till next time. I love you, man. Love you too, man. Take care. Thanks, everybody.